Welcome to May Contain Violence, a horror appreciation podcast. I am David. With me is Mallory. Hello. Hello. <laughs> how's your uh, How's your week been? Uh, it's been busy and not busy at the same time. Uh, we're doing foundational work at the house, so we're digging a big old hole on the side of the house. And Any skeletons tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. nothing like that. I I was secretly hoping that we'd be like dead body, and then we right. could have the news crews over here in the whole bit. You know, oh, man, make it be... a real fun story. <laughs> that would be good press for the podcast. I mean, that just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did also watch uh, "The Devil Made Me Do It," the Conjuring series. Oh, how was that? Uh, now this was not directed by James Wan, right? It was not. Uh, no, actually, I think it was. Let me just double check my information here. I believe he was involved in some aspects. I'm sure a producer. Yeah, he was a co-producer on it, but um, it was good, and like it, it kind of fits into the whole Conjuring series. But uh, apparently, there's a bit of uh, there was a bit of an issue. Um, in terms of controversy. Uh, controversy with the family, because the book that uh, the, that was released surrounding that whole story about Arnie Johnson and and the the first case of uh, like first court case using possession as a um, defense, uh-huh. um, the the writer of that book and the family have had it out in the courts in terms of validity and and everything else. So. Right. Apparently that this whole movie sort of stirred that up again, but um, it's okay. it was good. Like I mean, I wouldn't say it was like my favorite Conjuring movie out of the whole series, but okay. it's definitely better than the Nun. <laughs> Nothing can be as bad as the Nun. <laughs> oh yeah, I I've completely stayed away with the ancillary um, movies. I've only been with the core ones. Um, um, I would say uh, Annabelle is pretty good. The Annabelle Annabelle comes home is probably one of my favorite, like in that whole like adjacent universe, Conjuring Universe series. But um, I don't think I would uh, particularly um, say that like uh, that they're like the best films. But you know, I plenty of good jump scares in it. Um, Obviously, music plays also a pretty good port, like into the portion of the plot. Place and like these films take place over periods of time, right? In mm-hmm. their in their story, Ed and Lorraine Warren, right? And I think this is uh, early late seventies, early eighties. Is okay. Yeah, nineteen eighty one is where the, the story takes place, but it's the film doesn't really. Uh, take place in chronological order um in terms of story because it was first arnie's brother-in-law like future brother-in-law uh that was possessed first david glatzel and then it's then arnie who becomes possessed off of that situation but it all sort of stems around the house that arnie and his girlfriend um david's older sister uh-huh. have lived in and and david was like i mean i could go into it but there's tons of podcasts that actually have gotten into the story like true crime and right and so right. forth that have gone into the story but basically um it really stems from the original home and uh, that david and his uh david's older sister and arnie lived in and then it followed him home basically 
is what the original story is it but yeah it, this whole take this whole thing takes place after the possession that's all okay so um it's it's good like i mean it gave me some cohen vibes because you know how it always drops you right in the middle of the action or just after the main sort of action has happened in their story and yeah yeah uh, that's that's the whole vibe that I got from it, but I would give it a three and a half out of five. Oh, okay, that's in not, terms that's of story, not bad. it's not bad. It, it it the story definitely doesn't have any low dipping points, but okay. Um, it's it's yeah, it's it's just one of those like you have to sort of like. I think this is going to be like the last in their their the series. I believe this is gonna this it, is the movie to wrap it all up. It it feels like that in the uh, in the trailer too. And plus the actors uh, who play Ed and Lorraine, they're they're so good. Yeah. Um, Patrick he, Wilson, I, amazing yeah. in this movie. Yeah. I have to just give it like to Patrick Wilson and uh, Vera Farmiga. She is amazing in everything. He's amazing in everything. He's got the most <laughs> amazing voice. Uh, but yeah he's uh uh, he really plays up uh because ed has had severe health issues with his heart but this they in this story he actually has a heart this part of the story he has a heart attack uh so you know that that plays into it like how they're really playing too they're getting older they're not gonna be as healthy as they used to be um Um, kind of story Right, I, I I don't I don't want to be all conjuring here, but I, I have to ask. Um, so Ed and Lorraine, mm-hmm. in your personal opinion, I'm sure you've done a bit research too. Oh, for sure. Frauds or legit? <laughs> you know what? I think, I think they are legit. Um, I think there are certain situations where they definitely it did not play in their favor, in terms of especially because they sort of made that museum into a business to sort of pay their bills but right do i think that i do like i mean i i do believe in the occult i do believe that paranormal things do happen and, that are unexplained um mm-hmm. but you know i i don't think they're entirely frauds but are there certain situations that do not play well into their favor and do not make them look legitimate or you know with good intentions absolutely um and that sort of like when I was doing my research for the second Conjuring film um, and the Enfield po- poltergeist um, at one point, uh, Ed Warren and uh, what's his name? The, the gentleman who was the main focus of uh, the Enfield poltergeist. He was the person that did the most research, psychical research, but um, mm-hmm. can't think of his name, but at this point, but uh, he, um, Ed at one point approached him and said, I think there's some money to be made here off of this. And that's, that's his account of the situation. And, uh, but he was uh, like, no, no, absolutely not. So this is a family in crisis. We need to help them. So. Yeah. um, Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to judge someone who, you know, uh, wants to make some money of a business they do or a something that they do um, if they're in need of it. Um, but th- I, there's always that morality of, you know, are you exploiting or yeah, are you helping? Maurice, you know? Maurice Gross. And Maurice Gross has an, a very, very sad story into why he got into psychical research. He lost his daughter in a car accident. So he was, he was actually researching paranormal and 
in, in a sense, to sort of reconnect with his daughter in some some way after her right. death. She died mm-hmm. very young. But yeah, he approached Maurice and he was like, there's money to be made here. And Maurice was like, just get out of here. Like, no, that's the, like, I'm done working with you. And it, it's just, it's, it's like, I mean, I, I think that, I think at least the Lorraine is legit. I think that people, there are people with abilities. Um, and I mean, there are so many people that would say, no, that people with like psychic abilities and intuition do not exist. And I'm like, mm, I think we all have mm-hmm. a bit of intuition. We yeah, all have a I, bit of an ability to tap into like, oh, this is not a, a situation for me. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, we all have a sixth sense uh, in, in some level, uh, mm-hmm. whether whether it's just like a, a bad feeling or some are just more attuned. Um, yeah, I I'm a believer, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I would probably describe myself as agnostic uh in any type yeah. of belief system yeah um i i do have to be i do need some form of evidence though uh mm-hmm. in order to to go like i i just won't take any word for it i do need a little bit of proof and and, and that myself yeah um with, within uh within reason but um okay well that that's good like i when I see things based on true stories, I always yeah. gotta go in with you know everything you know. with a grain of salt because I mean it's yeah. the Hollywood it's the Hollywood splash of glamour that's on someone's story, right? And, and you know what? Well, well, we know casting is like Ed Warren was not the most attractive man in real life, <laughs> and, and uh, I mean Lorraine Warren. I wouldn't. I'm like I'm not saying that she wasn't an attractive lady but Vera Farmiga is by far <laughs> a, like a more attractive woman unfortunately but uh you know yeah, it's I mean, just that the Hollywood glamour gla- glitz and and not exactly. all the story gets included and some things get omitted because they just aren't worth the jump scare yeah there's biased uh, mm-hmm. and, and you know you 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 Unless it's a a documentary, um, like a full on um, kind of neutral documentary, if anything that's written for dramatic effect, you have to take with a grain of salt. And not everything sure. is going to be accurate, and so. But I mean, I kind of go in there, yeah, okay, based on true story, whether is it going to entertain me though? That's all I really care about. I don't go into these films thinking, Oh, this is like true account, true events and all that. You, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm too wise to Hollywood to, to, to know that you can't do that. So yeah. I go in, I go in with the entertainment value that whether it's true or not, doesn't really matter. Yeah, you're to in me. for the jump scares. And then that's why I watch these movies is for the jump scares. So and depending on how good the movie is, like the jump scares can be great. And right. and in this movie, there are a few jump scares that really, uh, they that really get you. So <laughs> it, it's not really the, for me. It's not the jump scares. For no. um, I mean, it used to be, um, <laughs> but of late, I'm much more interested in a in a good story. Um, okay. And the the con the conjure movies, I always was really impressed with uh the storytelling and the oh, characters well. and i actually care about these 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 characters and whatnot um jump scares are great 
Um, uh, but for me, it's not the the side in uh, uh, factor. Like uh, it's like things like Sinister and Oh, Sinister um, is so good. Mm-hmm. I love Sinister. Like I mean, that was the one that got the ending of Sinister got me so good. That <laughs> one, I was like, oh my god! I, and I mean, I love Ethan Hawke. He, yeah, he does that really well. It really gave me like rear window vibes for a good portion of the movie but yeah uh, but I, I never took me for a I know week. the ending was but I, I I like a good bleak ending on, on a horror mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it never like I never jumped but I like I never got any jumps from that but um it was oh, just oh did you <laughs> it was the storytelling and and but that's what draws you like I mean yeah made, it's a good story yeah the, and I mean, like in comparison to other uh, ghost movies, like I love the others. The others was such a good setup too, right? In terms of right. like, yeah, ghost demonic possession, like anything dealing with ghost and demonic possession. If I don't get scared at some point or get like some sort of, like, feeling of dread, uh, yeah, that's and that's what I I, I actually kind of look for it. If it, if if certain movies and Sinister did give me that feeling of dread and the, the soundtrack helped a lot in that too. Oh, for sure. Um, I, yeah. Exist, like, I mean, if a movie doesn't put, like if a horror movie doesn't put you in some level of existential crisis, is it really worth watching? <laughs> <laughs> so I watched um, last night, I guess we're doing a little, little bit of movie review yeah. at the beginning of this. So yeah. I watched last night um, a Canadian made uh, vampire film. Or can, okay. it was like, at least it was shot in Canada. Okay, uh, I I do believe, and it was one I mentioned when we were talking about our van, uh, during the vampire uh, cast. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, and that was it's called Stakeland. Okay. Um. Wow, it was really good. Um, okay. It it gave me boy what vibes it gave. It gave me like Cormac McCarthy's um, The Road vibe. Oh, okay. Yeah, but with vampires. Okay. Um, very, very much. Um, yeah, I it, it had that like bleak bleakness all all throughout. With, I love the hits. road. That was so well done. Yeah, I it mean, was. It was. Oh, the, it was just that feel like all throughout the movie, you're just like, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Yeah. Like the scenes were like oh, some some of the scenes unsettling. in that movie <laughs> were so unsettling, but so poignant for that type of film. So important. Yeah to the storytelling yeah. you know so <laughs> um this is this is very much like um what if uh well vampirism was a disease mm-hmm. uh, they don't they don't say how it started but it was a rampant disease and the vampires here are definitely of the feral nature uh, almost animals mm-hmm. and um it it starts out it started very early uh this kid is orphaned uh basically his family is killed by them but he's saved by this um by this uh, hunter Mm -hmm. who he just knows as mister and um then he takes the boy uh with him and, and starts to train him and they you know make their way in the world picking up survivors and uh blah 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 um really really well done um is oh it's almost like always this kind of gray tinge so it's like it was always overcast like it was shot in i'm not sure where it was shot actually i, I want to say bc anyways um but yeah oh, it was it was it was good 
It was okay. really good. I, I had a couple so, of friends always put mentioned. it on my list. Steakland. Okay. Yeah. Done. It's on Prime. Um, okay. And there's a there's a Steakland too uh, as well. So I, mm-hmm. I might ch- uh, check that out. But um, great, uh, good, yeah, uh, great makeup effects. Um, really uh, interesting bond between. Uh, the the hunter and the kid mm-hmm. um and then the, and you know vampires are not the only danger there's like cults springing up all over the place as well um yeah it's good good stuff for a mm-hmm. uh, i assume a low budget film uh, i didn't really look it up because i wasn't expecting to talk about it but uh yeah stakeland i uh, i give it a uh, high recommendation uh i would i would give it three and a half maybe 3.75 out of five okay um really entertaining would watch again yeah okay uh other than that uh let's see in 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 the realm of horror i finished the fourth season of uh castlevania okay yeah i saw (laughs) that on netflix i was like i freaking loved it is this the time to jump into castlevania i don't know because oh, Edward's love... not a huge fan of anime either, okay. so I, I have to watch it without him, and that would have to be during the weekdays, and I work, so. <laughs> Understandable. Um, uh, I will say this is probably the best video game adaptation I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, that includes live action as well. Yeah. It was, hey, it, hey, we can't we can't bash Super Mario Brothers. I still think we need a sequel from that series. Listen. <laughs> listen, <laughs> you and your Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I think it's I think it's due for a comeback, okay? <laughs> it is it is a unique film. Uh, it is a uh a, definitely a interesting take. Um, I think a lot of cocaine was consumed during it, the production of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. Uh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Three, two, one, go in. Are we good? Yeah. Okay. Um, but um, no, it was it was fantastic. It, it it took the source material and expanded upon it, mm-hmm. and. Um, with great characters, really interesting characters. Mm-hmm. Um, to like, there's a power couple in there. I think like a power couple of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're they're just like I want to see more of these two. So yeah, I was yeah. I was really and it, it ended well too. It, it, okay. It, it it ended on its own terms and it you're, had a you're nice wrap up. You're selling me on it. You're selling on it. I'll watch it, but I'll have to watch it like covertly basically <laughs> uh, uh yeah i got more than a few people watching it or are watching it and um including one person i didn't expect would watch it because it's it's pretty violent and she's she shies away from really violent stuff mm-hmm. um but she she also got right into the the characters and that so all right um yeah so castlevania for i i give that like four out of five Okay. I was I I loved it. Okay. I'm still waiting for Stranger Things to come out with another season, but I don't <laughs> next think we're going to get one. No, it's next year. Yeah. Jesus. I we've know. Been waiting, we've been waiting too long for this. Duffer Brothers. Jesus. These kids. 
we're gonna have to catch up to them in freaking college you know exactly (laughs) they're not even they're yeah they're not even children anymore they're like 17 years old all the boys voices have cracked i'm sure yes they have (laughs) everyone has a deeper voice and and edward every time we're on netflix and we see like the four like the like fourth season of stranger things come up or the third season he's like is there another season like, no <laughs> no they put out a lot of comic books though on know, Dark Horse. not the gone. same no i haven't gone through any of those yeah well, well it's um, okay though we'll, we'll get it eventually Duffer we'll get it shaking yeah. his fist at you it's not their <laughs> fault I know. Also, Georgia played a, lo- a heavy uh, role in that too because they were going to not film there anymore because yeah. of all the Georgia Beach oh, being Georgia. Georgia being Georgia, but now Georgia's getting a little bit better again. So mm-hmm. there, people are going back to filming in Georgia. So mm-hmm. that's a good thing <laughs> for Georgia. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um newsreel over we are here to talk about something else yep. and uh this was an I- I- idea I-, I thought of would be kind of fun to do mm-hmm. taken two um horror properties uh, or two horror films and kind of uh comparing them with each other mm-hmm. um whether it is a good comparison or not, that's for the listener to decide. But mm-hmm. um, trying to pick something with similar themes and um, you know somewhat similar release dates with within a certain amount of time. Um, but uh, today we are going to talk about Alien and the Terminator. Yes. Now, uh, what's your what's your first experiences with uh, both these movies? Cousins Basement stories, <laughs> good old Cousins Jeez. Basement stories. But both I think them? I watched. Uh, yeah, yeah. I th- I don't think my mom was really like. I mean, my mom has seen Alien, and I don't think she was really ready for me to be traumatized by something ripping out of somebody else's chest just yet. Um, <laughs> So I think I went over and we were, you know, horror movies. I think I watched Terminator 2 before I watched The Terminator. So because I was oh, of the age that I could watch that. And um, I think I watched that. And then my cousin was like, oh, let's watch the first Terminator. I was like, why didn't we start with the first Terminator? <laughs> <laughs> Completely different in terms of uh, tone. Because, yeah. I mean, as the series went on, it was much more action based as opposed to the you know action thriller like unstoppable killing machine (laughs) now do you now i i guess this is debatable uh depending on on the viewer but do you you consider terminator a horror or this is a good question because i literally have thought about this like it's one of those like uh things like weird uh things that pop in my head Every once mm-hmm. in a while where I'm just like, is Terminator considered a horror series? Because as it goes on, it becomes more action. I'm like, I think the first Terminator really aimed for that horror thriller. Yeah. I, uh, I, tone. I and then it and then, you know, big box office draw. James Cameron has to make everything like explosions he was the michael yep. bay he was the pre-michael bay <laughs> <laughs> yes but he actually knew how to write characters 
It's true. <laughs> it is very true. Um, yeah, and I mean, Alien. I love Alien. It's it, it, and it too itself sort of got a more actiony like oh, gloss sure. over it as the series continued, and we put pitted against Predator, which why? But okay, thank you. It was. <laughs> entertainingly good (laughs) (laughs) but entertainingly fun um but uh yeah i i love the first alien and it gave me gave us the one of the best like movie catch lines of all time which was in space no one can hear you scream well yeah one of the the, one of the best bylines or uh, oh my god yeah yeah, I mean that was yeah that was on the on the poster. Uh, was Alien a, also a a cousin's basement uh, viewing? Yes, of course. Okay, <laughs> of course, always a cousin's basement viewing. And I I mean, again, a lot of my most fond memories are watching horror movies and then and then afterwards breaking them down and going like, it's not real, it's all special effects, <laughs> kind of <laughs> like you know just to like ease my poor affected brain with trauma <laughs> how old how old were you when you saw these films i guess eight or nine i think eight okay. or nine. yeah because the second terminator came out when i was like eight i believe mm-hmm. was that what 1997 second terminator Ooh. came out was it that late or i thought it was early 90s I, maybe early 90s but i was like i was of an age where i was a, aware of terminator 2 Okay. And Eddie Furlong, but uh, you know, and someone said that he was our generation's Timothy Chalamet, and I was like, really? Eddie Furlong? <laughs> yeah. Mm, I was like, really? <laughs> I mm, I don't. No. That's debatable. <laughs> Very debatable. <laughs> My cousin absolutely thinks he's disgusting. She's like, I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I was like, okay. I've never. <laughs> I, I. You feel strongly about that? I was like, I don't really hate him i just think that he's just an oddball really i think he kind of got churned up uh, by the hollywood machine and then spat out yeah uh, well that, I, that's I, happened to so many kids his age like you know yeah. river phoenix and and uh you know yeah uh, everyone from the stand by me era really got drew barrymore uh, drew barrymore all got yeah. chewed up spit out churned yeah. over uh no respect really for the child actors you know yeah yeah. Ain't no respect. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, but um, getting back to it. <laughs> yeah. So my experiences, uh, I remember quite vividly. So, and I'm I'm uh, just a tad older than you. So I'm <laughs> just a tad going. Less. I'm going back a bit. Uh, my first experience with Alien was um, going down into the basement den where my dad was watching it, and. <laughs> coming around the corner just as ash's head got knocked off (laughs) that was my first i didn't even see the alien i just saw and i was how old was i i was young uh so he was watching this on a vcr obviously um i must have been who i must have been season around maybe 10 or 11 Okay, that's a scene to walk into, though. That is yeah. quite the scene. And I just, I think I, I must have had the very first nope experience because I just turned around and went back <laughs> upstairs. And that <laughs> image stayed with me forever. And I'm I, just, I'm surprised that you didn't walk in earlier. Poor John Hurt. And... 
Yeah, well, that would that would have been quite a bit earlier. Um, or or traumatized you way more. Or Ash trying to shove a magazine down Ripley's throat. That oh was... yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I saw the the head taken off with milk spraying everywhere, <laughs> and it was like. I, 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 uh, my dad didn't even know I was there. Like I was just, <laughs> just coming around the corner, just about to head in the room. Saw that, turned around <laughs> upstairs again. It's like um, no, pal, no to the no. Yeah, that one. was that was it. And <laughs> my experience with Alien. So I saw Alien after, like with you with Terminator. I saw Alien after Aliens. Yeah. Um, and because it always. Um. Yeah, it always kind of scared me the the cover. Um, yeah. But uh, I yeah I didn't see the full version until um until later, uh, mm-hmm. after after I saw the you know the more action heaven uh, action laden film. I was like, okay, I think I can handle the other one now. I know what I know what Ash was. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a robot. I can I can go in into this now, and I I watched it, and I, I of course I loved it. Um, for Terminator, Terminator was the very first film I ever rented on our brand new VHS. Um, we we rented two because I got it on Christmas. Yeah. And I remember my parents asked me why I wanted for Christmas, and they gave me two choices. One choice was a VHS yeah. video recorder, and mm-hmm. the other choice was a Transformers train set. Oh, that's a tough. I choice. think I made the right choice. You did, but also like for a child, that is a hard choice to make. It, it yeah, it was it was a thinker. Um, yeah, but I I ultimately thought. Well, there's just so much more I could do with the VCR. Yeah, um, record shows. I yeah, record shows. Yeah, for one. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I chose the VHS player. Um, went we went out the next week or 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 that or Christmas Day or I can't remember. Um, and we went and got two movies. Mm-hmm. I have no no recollection of the the second movie, but the mm-hmm. first the movie I wanted was the Terminator because I remember seeing the commercials and I was just, I have to see this film. This looks like yeah. the best film in the world. Um, it was, I, I, and, I still think it still is one of the best films in the world. It's yeah. It, it, it's so it, hard to a, describe like all the elements of what makes it so good without explaining the whole plus. I mean, it was a blue yeah, it was a blueprint layer for sure. Yeah, it was. It was like the new era of action films. Yeah, um, and and with but with very much still based in a horror genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it's it's somewhere uh, written or recorded that James Cameron was influenced by Halloween. Um, but anyway, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Uh, let's. Yeah. What do you want to start with? Alien or Terminator? Oh, um, you know what? Let's start with Terminator because let's just talk about, like, I mean, 1984. Like, just talk Mm -hmm. about all the elements of what that, why we love this movie so much. 
I okay. Mean, other than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Other than but... Arnold. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this was Arnold's breakout film, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, yes, he was in Pumping Iron. Yes. That's where he was discovered. <laughs> um, I think, was Conan before yeah. or after Terminator? I think it was before. Before. He had um, he'd had commitments that made it sort of hard for um, them to work around the schedule for mm-hmm. him at, like for for this movie right for, for terminator so yeah yes it, okay it was before because conan destroyer came out the same year as uh terminator mm-hmm. and that was a sequel so i mean conan was okay was a hit um it wasn't like a you know it's, it's a fantasy movie so it's a very you know small genre of film goers who are who are seeing that mm-hmm. um fantasy is never really had the best of luck in theaters um i think i think it wasn't until the 80s where you have like jim henson and 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 other uh, visionaries making films that that fantasy started to kind of gain a little bit of momentum yeah but um conan was like definitely like hard fantasy based on you know uh howard's uh books so Mm -hmm. and and i i it got they got good reviews too, uh, yeah. but it was an R-rated film, and you know it wasn't a huge, as big a huge audience as with an R-rated film with guns. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I think Terminator definitely came out of films like or inspired by films like Halloween. Uh yeah, like yeah, the stalker. Um, yeah. apparently he got it. Like he he got the premise of the film. He had a fever dream when he was uh, doing Piranha Two, Piranha Two, the spawning. That's okay. Cameron's film. That's what he says it was about. Like he says, half of a fever dream he had. I'm like, I was like, what a fever dream to come out of Piranha Jesus. Two. That's horrifying. Because <laughs> I mean, I think we've all seen Piranha Two. It's uh. Well, you know, it's it's definitely a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's you know I like yeah. Let's deep dive into this bad boy. Well, yeah. So what sh- what shares with uh, some of the horror tropes is um, this this unstoppable killer mm-hmm. coming after you, which is yeah, terrifying. It, it's terrifying. Um, it's motionless. It's uh, it won't stop. It's it. Uh, I, I wish I could recall Kyle Reese's um, explanation of it because it's like the perfect explanation of what he is. Um, uh, it doesn't. It doesn't need to sleep. It doesn't need to eat. <laughs> it just keeps on coming after you, and yeah. um, which was very much Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was unstoppable. He was relentless. He had a single mindedness to him. Yeah. Um, and uh, the fact it comes from a apocalyptic uh, future. Mm-hmm. Um, so, sci-fi and horror—they have had a long cohabitation relationship. Mm-hmm. in uh, in hollywood uh, i don't know if you would uh, agree with that or not i would i would ha- happily agree with that yeah 
whether it's from um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers to uh, War of the Worlds, um, seems like uh, aliens or uh, demented AI always wants to do the human race in or supplement us or uh, make us into food or what have you. Yep. Um, and uh, it, I, it carries right into uh, Terminator. Um, wait, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, with the introduction of Kyle Reese in the film, we're introduced to an entirely different future in which the machines have risen, the machines that we rely on from, from our day-to-day ATMs, etc., have now taken over and are <laughs> are are turning us into slaves and and, and experimenting on us in, in reverse, you know, as as the story goes along. But it, it's implied as well yeah. in it. And humans are basically holed up in this bunker in the middle of this like apocalyptic wasteland. And, right. and being searched for. And I mean, the computers <laughs> we rely on to defend us who, who controlled our defense mechanisms, you know, our mm-hmm. missile systems, our satellites and all that. That's what turns against us. So our greatest defense becomes our greatest enemy. Yes. Terrifying. Like, absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Especially, um, I mean, the suggestion of that and America was at that time coming out of that post cold war um, age in terms of, you know, we, who has the best defense system, you know, like it was a race to stop the apocalypse anyway. So it just sort of really plays into that narrative as well. Oh yeah. We were still, we're, and we were at the tail end of the, of the cold war. Yeah. So the threat of um, an apocalyptic end to humanity was a running theme for quite a while now. There's quite yeah. a few sci-fi films that um, uh, tackled it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but this this put more of a um, of a face on it, and that face was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Uh, who this this you know this relentless, cold, eyebrowless. <laughs> yeah machine um who is and i I mean skynet which is the um the defense system yeah the defense system that uh decides that well the only way to protect humanity is Is to to eradicate it from this planet (laughs) yeah because humanity is its own is is its worst uh threat i mean they even play that in like you know the marvel universe cinematic universe with ultron where ultron scans the internet for like five minutes and realizes that the human race is just not worth saving because we do all this horrible crap to each other anyways so if only he scanned more cat memes could have could have avoided it would have happened it, it, it could have <laughs> saved us all cat videos save us all yes. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, uh, yeah, so uh, a few other um, tropes that it is common with uh, the horror uh, subgenre is our female protagonist, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, can't really call her a final girl in that she's the only one of two women introduced in the film, and one of them is, you know, her knocked roommate. off early. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although I love every scene that she's in. <laughs> oh, you know what? She's like she's the light and the the like she's the lightheartedness of the movie. Yeah. She's just that typical valley girl, just living her life, eighties style. And, uh, you know, Sarah's just kind of like that studious, I wouldn't say studious, but like certainly not like as flighty as her roommate is. No. But, you know, you can see like the makings of someone who's about to be the face of, well, the the mother of this movement, future movement against the machines. Well, she is really ordinary. Like there's nothing remarkable about Sarah before this all happens to her before she yeah. meets Kyle. Um, yeah. She is, uh, she's a waitress uh, who gets, you know, um, dumped on by crappy customers and kids with ice cream. Yeah. Um, and, and she just seems so overwhelmed by everything. Um, yeah. Doesn't make the best decisions probably in life. Um, certainly does not make the best decision on, on, uh, on who who to call for for help yeah absolutely <laughs> when go right to the police i don't no idea but um <laughs> so yeah so we have a we have a female protagonist nonetheless um, yes and who starts off as kind of meek um mm-hmm. but then by the end of the film she comes into her own and that's oh that is a, definitely a horror slasher trope with um, absolutely just like that that whole arc of the, the the hero's journey i guess is the best way to describe it, it for her yeah. um she becomes the hero at the end of the story and I, I like i i mean love 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 sarah connor as a character especially as the series goes on mm-hmm. she you know they definitely uh I mean, uh, there are different takes on her. I mean, they have the whole series as well, the Sarah Connor Chronicles yeah, as well. Yeah. But, but they we're not going to get into that. But, you know, it's just, yeah, like where they basically, it's it's really the full arc of that hero's journey. And, you know, it's it's awesome. And, and, and I think she really set the basis for awesome, badass, like female, like action protagonist for later on. She was definitely yeah. an influence. She and Ripley have a very similar path. Arc, yeah. Uh, yeah, arc. Um, although I would say Ripley is more assertive, more... Con- well, she's uh, with confident. guys. She's on, the, mm-hmm. she's on a ship with mostly an all-male crew. She's like o- the only female, basically, in an all-male crew. And she kind of has to be. And yeah, and she's the second in command. She's the... Uh, yeah, she's the oh, warrant she's- officer. She's a warrant officer. Um, so switching over to to Alien. Um, yeah. So we have again this relentless killer, mm-hmm. uh, motionless killing machine that doesn't seem it can be stopped in any conventional way. Not at all. Um, not with what they have supplied. Uh, I mean, Kyle Reese was a lot better equipped, or became a lot better equipped against the Terminator than the poor crew of the Nostromo against this alien. And yeah. they have to call together weapons. Agreed. Uh, but, I mean, the Terminator, he can't really be 
harmed by conventional weapons. Weapons, no. Yeah. So even even though Kyle and that, you know, he has, oh, sure, he has a shotgun and he makes bombs and and whatnot later. That's still really not enough to stop. I think it's because, like, in comparison to, to these two films, the crew of the Nostromo has never encountered this being before whereas mm-hmm. Kyle Reese is sort of like this automatic download of information for right. Sarah in order to like just like cause he's fought these things he's like he's that manual guide to to being able to defeat the Terminator in some level so you know I, I think that's the thing that I love so much about Alien though is the fact that it's because it's something that they haven't ever faced before and there's no possible way conventional way of killing it without blowing up the entire ship and crew and sacrificing yeah. themselves yeah ex- exactly um, yeah they, they are going in blind whereas Kyle knew what he was facing Mm-hmm. Uh, though Sarah did not, nor did those poor cops. Um, oh, poor cops! <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, with 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 Alien again, you have this kind of stalker uh, creature uh, yeah. coming coming after these 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 uh, camp counselors. I mean, uh, <laughs> crew, crew members. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, they're just kind of working everything out themselves. They're trying to figure out what can we use as weapons. You know, uh, let's okay. Can you make some incinerators? Uh, uh, mind you, they also have someone kind of working on the inside, not wanting this creature to be killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's another inhuman um, character uh, uh, named Ash. The, the ship's uh, medical doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, is technology working against humanity? Um, Absolutely. This theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your What's your take on Ash? Uh, you know what? Like, without having like, I mean, if I let me suspend the fact that we know Ash is a robot android being, uh, like when as the movie was going along, I was like, what are his motives? He just seems too cerebral for me. Mm-hmm. And, and the, with the big reveal <laughs> that he's, he, yeah. he's been plotting against, like, it's not that he's been plotting against them all along, but his initial directive is to bring back these eggs and these creatures back to earth. Yeah. And he, he's working against the crew's crew and, like I mean I think the big telltale scene was when he let in the two crew members that were already exposed against Ripley's direction yeah yeah she was saying and you're you know, like, I can't, huh. yeah yeah completely like without without hesitation yeah. he broke the scene yeah he was like oh um, sorry Ellen I can't I can't, sorry, Ripley, I can't just do that. Like, I, I have, to, I let them in. I can't just leave them there. And, and, and it's, and, and it's a realization. I think Ripley sort of realizes at that point that he may not be all like, you know, he may not be working in their best interests. 
he's right. working against their best interests. You know, it, the trust is sort of broken in that sense. Right. Well, well, she talks to um, Dallas, the, the mm-hmm. captain, and says, I don't trust him. You know, mm-hmm. where, how long have you served with him? Or how, you know, how long you uh, have you flew with him before? And, mm-hmm. and Dallas says, you know, no, we, I flew with another doctor for like 10 missions or so. Mm-hmm. And um, Ash was replaced, you know, like two months before they launched. Mm-hmm. so no one really knew him it's it's funny watching so uh alien and jess really concentrating on ash yeah and watching his reactions to to thing it's it's almost like it's it's kind of a different movie when you know and, and yeah really pay attention to him and yeah. his, his actions and his expressions and all that but they they really they throw you off too because you would never guessed he was this what he Android, was yeah complete, complete surprise unless you're 10 year old david and you already knew what was going on <laughs> um, but um i mean he, he he acts he acts weird but i mean people act weird and the one scene which really throws me off is like why would a robot act like this was when he was alone and they are going out to investigate the signal that brings him mm-hmm. to the planet and he he does this kind of like psych up mood you know he like he like runs in place really quick and it's it's almost like he's psyching him, himself up mm-hmm. um, to like he's excited and he's just and over, over something it's it's a really odd mannerism yeah it's, it's like yeah. It, I don't think it's going to be, it's a robot doing this. I mean, this is, he's all alone and he's, he's doing this weird thing uh, just yeah. before he gets, he sits down and starts, you know, he, he's there. He's basically the communications that he's watching the, the, the helm cams yeah. um, of, of, of when they're going out. Um, so it's like, wow, what a, what a strange thing to program into an Android. Um, yeah well i mean just to i think it also is just to throw the audience off because why would an android behave that way you know you're trying to make him appear as human as possible because i mean when you think about it humans do have these excitedly nervous tics uh and 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 that would be a excitedly nervous tic that someone would have like running in place and just getting a little excited and jittery that would be a totally normal reaction of someone who is human so that was like a good little like easter egg to put in there to like completely throw everyone off of of ash's case yeah and we know he's you you can see it that he is very interested in this signal of course this is really like whoa what Um, is this yeah (laughs) what is this what you know who who is out here um it's supposed to just be us out here in this, on, yeah. In this, on this flight path, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mission. Yeah, and they're they're brought out of their flight path on the way home because of, mm-hmm. because of the signal, and then you find out, oh, that he knows, and he's the only one who seems to know that in the contract, and um, if if there's any type of unknown source or unknown. Um, uh, communication or something that could be another life form that they they will you know they have to investigate or they lose all their money that they just earned (laughs) um 
so you have a big corporation controlling the these the little guys these 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 truckers um yeah. and uh you know sort of like we have in, in terminator we have these machines who control our fate mm-hmm. and um, you know just just send the missiles out uh so yeah. you have a bit of a bit of a mirror image there in that regard in that regard yes yeah um what well, else you, you know what the thing here? is though too I, I think about ash like when you in rewatching this like uh it's the fact that he sort of allows the crew to think that they have some level of autonomy though like they feel like they have some sort of say in it yep in their in their fate and and that's pretty cruel considering we know the ending but yeah it's, it, it, where it's it, it was always the company's prime directive to grab these eggs and bring them back for study and you know but um it, it's the fact that like even along the way throughout the the whole mission at like ash doesn't it's not like he completely controls the mission they all have all the crew members have a say in in this path like they they all are willing like i mean ash doesn't completely take over the controls and go we're going there he sort of guides no. them there in a sense but also yeah. like doesn't play a full role in controlling their entire autonomy like they still feel like they have their own say in the he, situation he only gives his opinion when he's asked directly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or if he feels <clears throat> they are going to veer away from dealing his prime with director, this pr- thing. his prime director yeah yeah which yep. yeah is it's uh, like that like honestly like that was the big thing for me was ash is an android that was the biggest like reveal of all time, yeah that was uh-huh i mean <laughs> no way I, I i can't imagine anyone seeing that coming uh, no anyone. I don't think anyone could. I think it's not like in a bunch of lists, like of the top like twenty like movie reveals too. Like just in terms of horror movie reveals, and he's on there. It's, <laughs> it's funny if you ever watch reaction channels of like these millennials and that watching Alien for the first time. Non millennials, they're Gen Zers. Like... Oh, Gen Zers. Well, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Uh, pe- people in their twenties. <laughs> people in their people younger. People born after nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and their their complete shock of of, of yeah. being a uh, a robot. And it's like he it still works today. It still works up to this day. No one no one figures it out. Maybe they'll figure out that he's shady. Yeah. But he's working against them. Uh, at, at you know to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, or he's being, you know, just scientifically curious over the safety of the crew. Yeah. Uh, but no one guessed that he's a he's an android. Um, no. So uh, I mean, they're all suspicious of his like motives. Obviously, they're all like, especially Ripley. But like, he doesn't act in any way that would be like it would it be a telltale sign that he's an android no. from from the get go. No, <laughs> no, no, nah, not at all. No, um, yeah, just yeah. Uh, just a wonderful uh, performance by Ian Holm. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, he's just, he was amazing. I mean, yeah. he's like just one of the best. Like, I mean, they had such a great cast for uh, Alien. Yeah. yeah. It, um, Tom Skerritt, Sigourney Weaver, Veronica Cartwright, Harry Dean Stanton, John Hurt, Ian Holm, Yafit Kalto, all all actors who went on to, uh, yeah, uh, you know, with with good careers or had already had good careers, good established careers, yeah, yeah, uh, um, yeah. Just also a lot of them did have also great stage careers. Like I, I believe Yafit Koto had a really strong uh, stage mm-hmm. career as well. Um, but yeah, Ian Hurt, uh, sorry, John Hurt, Ian Holm, both had very like i believe they were part of the royal shakespeare company oh for sure yeah, in england yeah. yeah uh just that command you know yeah uh, and uh, you know john hurt kind of is our big reveal in terms of <laughs> he's our first victim well that's that's the funny thing too uh but uh, <laughs> getting getting back to the um yeah terminator uh, franchise to, to the android yeah so whereas we, we asked you did not figure out he's an android yeah. Um, you know know, it's hard yeah it's hard (laughs) to remember if i knew the terminator was a robot going in or if it was a surprise um Um, i think it was completely like it i it was set up from the get-go really that he was a killing machine because like he just kills without any sort of feeling remorse like he just he goes after like I mean he's he's going down the list in a phone book of all these Sarah Connors. Yeah, but I'm trying to remember the first time, and you just watched it recently, so can yeah. maybe you can tell me when the first time we got his actual like robotic viewpoint, like where there was like his his view was scanning something as opposed uh, to he was he was something. interacting with the, the the punk kids when he first drops in and he's naked. Yeah, is the that that whole orb cube situation, lightning storm. He right. interacts with those punks and he's scanning them, and they're like, "Oh, like it's the, kind of what, weird that you're undressed. You know, I, are you gonna have a bath or something?" Yeah, <laughs> that's uh-huh. that's the first interaction, and he he repeats everything back, right, to okay. the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he definitely had a wrote more. Um, less than human interaction like yeah like the guy says like nice night for a walk and he goes nice night for a walk walk. yeah that's right it's like wash day tomorrow nothing clean right nothing clean right it's like it's just repeating back things to him and and that's when you're like okay this thing clearly is not human right like it's just too like i'm and i hate to say it but it's too robotic in response but it's it, he's taking them in, and he's taking in like in the situation sure. in this environment, and he and he has to know if he's in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, for his directive, his prime directive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's it's his movements too. His movements are way too robotic. It it's way too like, and as he's dispatching all of these Sarah Connors. Like, he's just way too, like, he's just way, like, nothing gets in his way. Even when he kills Sarah's roommate, you know he's a, a robot. Yeah. Because he just bursts through the door. Like, he doesn't even, 
there's nothing like doors don't stop him he walks right through things he doesn't care he's getting shot at he doesn't care <laughs> right and the the boyfriend of of the roommate he's he's not a small guy either. no no um he, he was great as well i liked him a yeah. lot <laughs> he gets fiddle. dispatched pretty quickly as well like i mean he tries to do his best but again dispatched fairly quickly yeah. by the terminator yeah yeah exactly and uh-huh. um, and I think I like I can read the Kyle Reese description of the Terminator. Oh, please do. Okay, well, the first is the Terminator is an anti an infiltration unit, part man, part machine. Underneath, it's a hyper alloy combat chassis, microprocessor controlled, fully armored, very tough. But outside, it's living human t- tissue, flesh, skin, hair, blood grown for the cyborgs and then he says listen understand that the terminator is out there it can't be reasoned with it can't be bargained with it doesn't feel pity of remorse or fear and it will absolutely and it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead (laughs) and that was like the impassioned speech like you know sarah's like what the frick is going on my life is ablaze (laughs) <laughs> it's an info dump, but it's an info dump that makes sense. That yeah. is, it, it makes sense for the character. It makes sense that he's saying it. It's not like, oh, okay, this guy, he's gonna. It's like, this is what you need to hear. This is what you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, uh, I love Michael Bean in this movie. Um, I know he is not your traditional action star. I mean, at this point the traditional action star is starting to change. Yeah. Um, we are not seeing like, um, you know, like Paul Newman or, or, or Clint Eastwood or Charles Bronson types. No, he's just, he's kind of a, he's not scrawny. He's just an average yeah. guy. He's wiry. Um, what is yeah. the best way to describe it? Wiry. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, not super imposing. Uh, doesn't have any, you know, smart quips or anything, no. you know, no, no one-liners. Um, we, we give that to Arnold later on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, uh, I really liked his character and I, I, I really um, felt yeah. a lot of, uh, I, I t- attached myself to his, uh, to his character. He, he seemed more relatable. You know, when I watch a Clint Eastwood Western, as I love the character, but yeah. to me, he's not relatable. No. I mean, I think the, the thing about him, too, is he just, he he's he's so human, you know, as opposed to, like, I think he's a juxtaposition to the Terminator, right? He's this human presence mm. from the future. And he, yeah. he clearly is, like, he's a soldier. He's a combat-trained soldier. Uh, maybe not fully, like, you know, ready for his mission, um, but yeah, he, he's still he definitely he's still young. You can clearly see he has some PTSD because mm-hmm. he's just grown up in the like he's one of the first like people probably to have experienced this post-apocalyptic world with some memory of the past, some memory. But you know, it's it, it's interesting. Like it, you know, we have this juxtaposition between the human experiences versus this unstoppable killing machine. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, whereas uh, over an alien, we are presented in who we think is going to be the hero. Yeah. Tom Skerritt. Yeah. Every, everyone just assumes the captain is going to be the hero because captain yeah, he's generally, the captain. yeah, they generally are. When you look at these old sci-fi films and that, it's, it's generally the, the captain who takes uh, control, whether it's yep. uh, James T. Kirk or, or any other uh, of that type of that, um, that build of that, uh, you know, class. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he is, uh, He's the what? He's the third to go. Yeah. And uh, then, then, then we're left with a well. Who's the lead now? Mm-hmm. Um, I think at that point, it is already heavily pointing towards Sigourney's character, mm-hmm. Sigourney or um, uh, Yafit's uh, character, because they're at that point you have the like there's like i think four main characters and then a few side characters yeah just because of dialogue and personality who really stand out Mm -hmm. um i don't i don't think harry dean stanton's character or um veronica cartwright's are very you know they're they're kind of background characters they are even john hurt but but you know he's done with fairly early. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but such a shock, ha- though. Yeah, yeah. Between that the Ian Holm, officer yeah. jumped goes first. Like he's yeah. the second in command. Should anything happen? Exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, and it's John. It's played by John Hurt. <laughs> you, yeah. you don't expect like John Hurt to know, go out so quickly. two of the biggest names in the film to be two of the three that are. Yeah, killed first yeah yeah um so that's uh that's interesting mm-hmm. um but uh yeah yeah it's it's the, the four characters you know um tom scared uh, ian home yafa kalto and sigourney weaver i think are the really the the, the standout characters and by the mm-hmm. time scared's done with and it's like okay well it, it looks like it's falling on, but you're still not sure anyone's going to get away at at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But uh, over on on the Terminator, uh, it's a lot smaller cast. Um, the difference between Alien and Terminator, I think, is the biggest difference is term of pacing. Yeah. Alien is definitely a slow burn. Yeah, it is. With the alien, I think, only appearing in, for like eight minutes running time or something like that. Yeah. In, and you, you don't really see, like, you don't really see it. Like, and I think that's the mastery of it, of that movie, is that you don't always see it. Right. It's uh, implied. Uh, and that's more scary. Because, <laughs> I, yeah. like, I mean, we got the big reveal with John Hurt with this tiny little, like, alien creature running around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, a, I'm sorry, but that's the most comical part of that whole movie is that first, you're like, you get the big reveal, and it's like, kind of looks like, around and then across the exactly. table. Exactly. Yeah. That, uh, that table running. <laughs> that table running scene is probably the only thing that 
doesn't quite hold up yeah, uh, no. just because you know it's it's like on a peg and there's a cut in that table and table. it's just like woo, sliding across <laughs> <laughs> like a mechanical rabbit at a dog race yeah but i mean it's still like i for the first first watch it's it's absolutely like terrifying because you're oh, like it's what shocking. going on yeah uh, but yeah rewatching like probably Especially like in 1979 15th time like it's it's you you i laugh i i laugh so hard well and um, tell me if that's not also influenced by the scene in Spaceballs. oh <laughs> a little bit a little bit but i mean i still we got pizza the hut off out of uh spaceball too so we did yeah. Pizza the Hut. I, I can't I don't... say Job the Hut without saying Pizza the Hut. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the uh, what was it saying? Pacing. Um, whereas Pacing Terminator is... is after the um, after the club scene. Yeah. Um, Are you Sarah Connor? <laughs> yeah, it's it goes and it it does not stop. It yeah. is relentless. Um, yeah. Because you, you go from uh, the shootout at the uh, the what is it called Neon Dream or I can't yeah. remember the name of the club something of that, that sort. Yeah. Um, and and into a uh, into an amazing car chase. Yeah. Um, and then they're brought into the police station. Yeah. And and the Terminator follows them into the police station into the wicked shootout there. Yeah. And it, it's just explosion. It, oh, it just goes on and on. They they they, they get away from him again. There's another you chase scene. Feel you almost feel exhausted from watching them do all of this running because you're just like, oh, they don't get a break. They can't really sleep. They can't really relax. They always have yeah. to be on alert. Yeah, he has to do his info dump while they're in driving in the car and that, or because mm-hmm. there's no other time to do it. Nope, exactly. And I mean, it it sort of sets the tone for the rest of the series though too because they do that big info dump every single time like it becomes the terminator doing that like uh, the t-800 doing the info dump every time where he shows back up but you know it it, the first one it's like such a huge like shocking info dump like i don't know how sarah connor can process it as quickly (laughs) as she does because for me i'd be like wait what wait what no no i'm good just drop me off here. <laughs> but I later. mean, <laughs> she, yeah, she, Mallory's dead. she has to, cause she's seen, cause she has seen this thing get up from a shotgun blast to the chest. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, what you said sounds absolutely crazy. And you are wearing homeless man's pants and carrying a shotgun in a trench coat. But, I just saw this thing mow down people in, in a club and then, you know, get shot out the window and get back up again. It's like how, mm-hmm. you know, the, the human mind, it has to accept this. You hear that or you just shut down. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, even when the psychi- uh, psychiatrist is, is saying, oh, you know, given the explanation or the cops as well explanation of why he can get up always oh, on pcps and and uh, yeah. he's, on, he's on drugs and you know kyle is mentally disturbed and all that um yeah. trying to sway Which wouldn't her be far off wouldn't have been no. far off from that like i mean let's just like yeah if we were breaking it down and there was this wasn't a, a true scenario which it is but 
Yeah, Kyle Reese is absolutely insane. The guy that uh, the Terminator, he's just a guy that's like hopped up on drugs, like like PCP, which would have been very like that. That was one of the more popular designer drugs of that time, like because it was just like you heard stories about people just being hopped up on PCP and get being brought into hospitals with like severe injuries, and they just you couldn't hold them down, you know. Yeah. So I mean it totally a reasonable explanation for that scenario mm-hmm. <laughs> i would have believed yep. it. i would have been like yeah you know what not far off except for he's a killing machine so <laughs> yeah yeah um but uh the nostromo crew don't get that um that privilege of uh, no. information theirs is against the unknown mm-hmm. as uh as they get picked off uh, one, one by, by one, one by one. Yeah. Uh, and, and two by, by two. two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then by two. Um, and it, it, it's funny because my, my remembrance of the alien, the first few times I watch, um, I, you, you get this like unstoppableness to it. Like yeah. it's just, and it's, it's so fast and it's so, mm-hmm. But when you, I, I watch it again, and I watch it like really closely, looking at the alien, and um, it's like, oh, well, he's not—he's tall, but he's not that much taller than a person. No. And it still—he moves very slowly and deliberately, except for like its jaw, you know, yeah. or or its 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 hands and that. But yeah. you you can really like, okay, now I see there's a person in the suit. Where I mean, the first few times. I watch that. It's like, how did they do this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it was a guy. It was a guy. It was yeah. a Nigerian actor that they picked out of a bar. Mm-hmm. And and he, he's like, the rest is history, basically. Um, yeah. But he, yeah, he was the, he was the monster. He was in that suit and moving around. And I don't know how he didn't like die of heat in that suit. <laughs> But, you know, he, like, it's the movements are, like, what's the best, I want to say, like, it, he, like, the alien's movements almost mirror, mirror its, its target. Like, it, it's, like, almost hypnotic in a way that it moves, mm-hmm. you know, like, so, it, it like, that's why I think there, it's so easy to dispatch most of the crew members, because it just sort of moves in a hypnotic sort of way. Yeah, and as to keep them in in a grip. Yeah, and it 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 basically it frightens them to like, yeah par- paralysis practically. Yeah. Every, everyone that he got, he either snuck up on or just scared the fuck out of them, and they were they were like, you know dumb. helpless towards him. Yeah. Only, only Yafet's character actually like freaking charged and like he tried to hit him with the uh, the incinerator. Yep. Um. And then is like just grabbed and then killed almost immediately. Yeah. Um, but you you almost think like, man, if he like did a body tackle, he might have knocked him off his feet. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just like even even as he's swinging this thing, trying to save Cartwright's uh, character, uh, yeah. and she can't move. She is so frightened. She is completely paralyzed. That, mm-hmm. You know, he she wouldn't even get out. Of, she wouldn't even save herself wouldn't get out of the way when he wanted to blast it with the incinerator but mm-hmm. she couldn't move so that's why he swung it at her instead yeah. um 
but yeah, it just completely like paralyzes you with with fear. And who wouldn't be paralyzed with fear? If, it's you know, seeing, yeah, seeing fearsome. Yeah, but yeah, it is a lot more slower movement and deliberate movement here than I would say very in the more, sequel. Yeah, it's where they like, are it's very, very agile. tactical. Like it's 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 I, like I you wonder like I mean we don't get a lot of filler as to how these. Uh, how these creatures came to be and how they why they are the way they are but they it moves almost tactically in alien like it's taking and it's smart to dispatch people one at a time yeah as opposed to because i think it is aware it's probably had some interactions where it's been ambushed by a number of people and realizes oh no i i have to take out this crew one by one if i want to survive yeah like where point. does the instinct where does the thought yeah yeah the instinct you know, of this creature it, is it some sort of it, like you know like how birds migrate it's just a uh uh, uh instinct these killing machines like this is before anything is revealed about the alien like you know this is before prometheus this yeah. is before and like we do not know how this thing thinks we know it's a killer mm-hmm. you know it's a hunter um, but you're not even exactly sure why it's hunting. We never see it yeah. feed off these people. No, and you know? it, I mean, I don't think we really see it until yeah, the alien, uh, the alien uh, movie, the third alien movie, where Ripley is sort of uh, it's it's in the future, and Ripley's mm-hmm. DNA is tied into the alien DNA as well. Oh, the so fourth she becomes, one. Yeah, the fourth yeah, one. Yeah, re- uh, resurrection. Resurrection. Thank you. Yeah. At where we see that but like we we really don't get a sense of yeah what this creature is what it does it literally puts people in pods it's i think that it puts it into feeding pods for its its young well yeah in it, the fourth it, movie i think yeah i, I mean remember. even well even in um in aliens it it captures for its queen yeah that's that's even if there's no queen like there's a there's so the crazy. cut scene an alien yeah. where you find out Dallas is alive yeah. and he, he has been encrusted in this mucus thing that it, it creates yeah. and in, in preparation for it to receive a face hugger, yeah. but there is no queen here, but it's still doing the process. Yeah. Um, that so that, crazy. yeah. So a lot of people liken it to like, um, ant colony um, yeah, or mentality. a hive or a bee or a like, bees yeah. yeah and these these are like the drones and yeah. there's drones and there's there's warriors and so yeah. you you get that more also in, in the in the second film yeah um but uh yeah so at this point it's an alien and it's doing alien things and no one knows why it's doing mm-hmm. this stuff yeah um but uh, yeah, and but you know, Terminator has a reason. Yeah, well, we we know right away what the reason yeah. is. Like as as the story unfolds, and we find out that Sarah Connor is the mother of the the Messiah, basically <laughs> for the futuristic age, right? And John Connor, and John has sent Kyle Reese back in time in order to. Uh, we don't realize until yeah. partway into the movie that Kyle Reese is 
John Connor's father, which is like such a crazy twist, too. That's the thing. Now, I mean, he must know. Like, John must know that Kyle is his father. Yeah, that's the Um, thing that gets me. Like, I was like, how do you know with this this information you're going to send your father back in time? (laughs) Like, like what do you keep out? You know, it's like you can't say, oh, you're my father. I mean, you have to trust that time will write itself. That it will will play out like it's supposed to play out. Mm -hmm. Um, But, um, I mean, that's a big, that's a big gamble. (laughs) It is. It's a massive gamble on John Connor's part, like future John Connor, to be like, I'm going to send my, like, a man that like i've never really in like i mean i i'm gonna assume that there were no interactions between john connor and kyle Kyle reese because john connor's the head of this movement and he's probably the tactical guy well no i i I think there is because why would he give him the picture Uh, i think i think in a way like i like i want to say like he they've had some interactions but like not major like like not majorly like he's like him and Kyle Reese are like buddy buddy and he's a part of the inner circle of this mm-hmm. movement. Like Kyle Kyle Reese is a soldier along with his brother. Um yeah. and yeah, but just to keep that information from him, I'm like, that is such a back to the future moment. Like mm-hmm. where the like I mean the self awareness on the part of John Connor, like that this is my this is my dad. And yeah. I have to take this huge gamble and send him into the past and so impregnate my mother so I can come to be and start this whole movement. Like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to count that when he's going to find her too, that they're going to fall in love. Yeah. And, and, and three, you know, um, get pregnant with him all yeah. within how much time? Like how much, like what... <sighs> We don't exactly. know that there's still a, there's still a lot we don't know of, of what Sarah told John. Yeah. We don't know how long Sarah lived at this point. Exactly. We don't. We, we don't, don't know. know. Yeah, because that that in, the entire story is not even told to Sarah herself. Like Kyle has no knowledge of future Sarah. Yeah. He like it's not like and it's so strange that she doesn't even ask him herself. Like, I mean, I don't think in the movie, if I can recall any moment where it's just like, am I there? Yeah. Like, it's just kind of like, not even brought up. It's just like, you know, like if Mm. this is my son, am I there? Like you'd think uh, like as a mother, like if it's a future mother, she would probably want to know if she is like a part of her son's life in some, some capacity. I mean, she knows, Kyle tells her that she teaches John yeah. survival. And like, she's like, how you're telling me I'm this person. And like, I, I, you know, I have, I, I, don't, I don't have these skills. Know. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I've never um, even held a gun. Yeah. You know, like, that's yeah. just not me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I definitely just, a lack of knowledge on her. Part. The thing that really gets me about Genesis too, like just about that movie, is like the fact that they go back in time to when Sarah Connor is a child and she becomes a super like she's already super trained by the time that Kyle Reese comes back in time, mm-hmm. it, and uh, it's the fact that the like the two of them have no chemistry whatsoever. Yeah. 
no. in that movie. No, it yeah, no. <laughs> the less said about Genesis, the better. It yeah. it gave me a big old headache. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah, like like I mean, it's the fact that like yeah, the it's a huge gamble on John Connor's part to like even consider the fact that they even like become attracted to each other, and yeah. it's. <laughs> And it's almost a PTSD sort of shared relationship that they have for the short amount of time that they're together. Like, is it, was it even love? Even Sarah brings that up, like, in the second movie, was it even love? Right. Like, you know, I was only with your father for, like, two days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, less than 24 hours, really. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, yeah, you don't know. And they don't know because if this is happening for the first time i mean this is the technology used for the very first time Mm -hmm. skynet makes it sends the terminator back in the um so there was a comic book that came out um and it was called the burning earth and it basically told how john connor and his forces uh were making the last assault against skynet yeah and um they went went in and um to to destroy skynet and they discover the the time machine mm-hmm. and um so john makes this decision he they, they they're too late to stop the terminator from going back mm-hmm. um but then he you know he picks kyle reese so i don't know if this is probably not canon or whatnot but it was it was an interesting read because you you have this this scene with with john sending uh kyle back um at at the end um and then uh, I think he repro. And then a little bit later on, he reprogrammed it, the uh, other Terminator, Arnold Terminator, mm-hmm. and that gets sent back as well. But um, and it was actually it was Alex Ross's first comic book. And oh. Alex Ross is a renowned comic book artist, yeah. famous for his Kingdom Come series and Marvels. And yeah, um, yeah, that was his first uh, published work. That's really cool. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, it was. Yeah, very little time to tell Kyle about her, other than they they he showed. So the I think, picture. yeah, I yeah. So there was like he knew when he met Kyle. Boom! He had to know this is my father, and yeah. I have to protect him, and yeah. also you know kind of groom him a bit to to be yeah. the one to go back. So I, I think there was a relationship there, but not, not- a very not close a, one yeah not a tight relation like where he's yeah. sharing all of the prime directives with no. Kyle Reese uh but you know it's just he, he was a trusted is, soldier yeah the thing that yeah. gets me about Kyle Reese is like how could he not recognize some resemblance between him and John <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> like, but John with the, probably it was him and his brother Kyle Reese like it was him and his brother like he talked about his brother as well but I, I yeah the brother I I don't yeah the brother thing that's from Genesis right I know but even no even from the series Sarah Connor's oh, like the series. Con- yeah, yeah, yeah series but I think in the movie he did bring up that him and his brother were a part of this unit but um it's the fact that like he doesn't recognize like he doesn't recognize or say like hmm, that guy looks oddly familiar to some like family member well, yeah. I mean, how old is John Connor at this this point? Is he in his fifties or thirties? Like he's young, what... like they're young war heroes at this point. 
Like, what year did the future take place in? Um, oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> that that's the future they came from. Uh, ba, 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 ba. 2029, I want to say, but I could be wrong. Tw- yeah, you're right. 2029. Yeah. So he would have, I'm going to say, like, given the, the timeline, he's like in his 30s, like late 30s, going to f- pushing 40 at this point. If based on his conception. Yeah, he he'd be like forty four or something like that. Yeah, he's he's yeah. like yeah, he's okay. older. Kyle Reese is obviously definitely uh, Sarah Connor's age. Otherwise, she wouldn't even probably like twice yeah. at him. But yeah, and or a little bit I mean, older. he could have been scarred too mm-hmm. um, to to change some of his. Like we we get a brief, a brief look at at True. him, yeah. and he does look kind of haggard. Yeah. Um, probably prematurely gray as well <laughs> yeah just because what you've been through um yeah so it's mm, kind of hard i mean they don't look a whole lot like each other mm-hmm. the two actors so mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah so <laughs> uh, getting back to our female protagonists um sarah connor uh, and, yeah and sarah well, Sarah, and like, yeah, like you said, she goes through a hero's journey because Kyle is her mentor in this. Yeah. You know, he is mentoring her about the future and about the Terminator. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he dies. I and... think one aspect we've forgotten to bring up about the Terminator is the fact that he can mimic voices. Mm-hmm. And that makes him even a more like scary threat because he can pretend to be any like before anyone sees him, he can yeah. pretend to be any like call someone up on the phone and and find out where like he uses that tactic a few times in the movie where he pretends to be Sarah, calls up Sarah's mother, and oh yeah yeah and unfortunately dispatches Sarah's mother. Yeah yeah I forgot about that um, scene. But it's just the fact that he has that scary ability to mimic voices. And call people up, which is carried on throughout the series with each incarnation, yeah. but much more scarier than the next because it starts to be able to take the form of someone. Right. But, um, yeah, just the it's nuts. Yeah. Uh, um, so we have Kyle Reese dying. Yep. Um, just like, well, we have Dallas dying. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say he's a mentor, but he is someone that Ellen. Uh, looks, looks up to, up to yeah yeah and respects his uh decisions and and even even if they they clash it's like she obviously did not <laughs> respect his decision of wanting to break quarantine yeah um so that you know at, at this point ellen and sarah are very different characters yeah well i think um, like i mean i think ellen's much more established she's been with this crew for a while like she's yeah one of the boys so she mm-hmm. she's had to sort of develop that thick skin to be with a bunch of men on a ship for months on end yeah you know Who d- might not respect her i mean yeah the the two uh mechanics yeah engineers de- definitely don't respect her um there's that no. scene where he's um Yafikoto is has the steam going and they're yeah. like as she's trying to talk to them she's yelling and he just with one switch could is able to turn it off and they kind of laugh and 
when she leaves. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, ah, there's, there's not a lot of respect there. And the fact that, well, obviously Ash didn't, it's nothing to do with respect. It's just, you know, betrayal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really. Well, he's just, he's going to throw everybody under the bus. Like, he doesn't care. Yeah. If it goes yeah. against his prime directive, he's going to somehow work it in his favor. For sure. <laughs> um but uh yeah dallas dallas does die and um yeah. it's it's up to now ellen is con- is calling yeah she's calling the shots um and she's getting either grief from people who don't want to hear the plan like that she wants to lay out yeah or the doctor ash who has no useful input because no. he wants this thing alive mm-hmm. um and he's, he's done his correlating. best to keep it alive he's <laughs> done his best to keep it alive up until this point because he stopped yeah. them from killing it a mm-hmm. couple of times like don't kill it I'm like okay why yeah she just <laughs> wanted to blow it up right at the get-go and yeah. like ripley you can't you can't do this this is the first you know life form uh we've ever encountered humanity has ever in, in, encountered and, um, and I don't think she really cares too much. No, <laughs> she cares about the crew. She cares She's about like, their lives. Where? Yeah, we we Doesn't need to care about... Who cares about this alien life form? Who cares? We yeah. need to live. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is completely human. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but um, uh, at the very at the very end, they are both resourceful uh, characters. Both both figure out yeah. a way to uh, dispatch the uh, the unstoppable killing machine mm-hmm. uh, or unstoppable alien and um, yeah. one by hydraulic press one by airlock yeah <laughs> airlock and uh, rocket ignition yep um, and uh, yeah and two of the most memorable sci-fi heroines yeah um ever and are even more cemented in the sequels which we yeah. will talk about later um yeah. but we'll, uh we're focusing on the first two the incarnation of yeah. both series is yeah. there um i'm about done do you have anything yeah. else you want to add uh not so much like i think we've pretty well covered it like i think we were pretty well on the same page in terms of the hero's journey for sarah ripley i don't think it was much of a hero's journey for her like it was it was just it was it was more of a coming becoming who she was always meant to be like she doesn't have to develop any skills she's pretty resourceful she's pretty with it she's pretty smart she can handle herself Mm -hmm. it's just giving her that opportunity to step into that that role exactly yeah i think I think she was already like almost in the middle of a journey yeah. and this was kind of the tail end of it. And yeah. this was like her kind of baptism by fire as well. Yeah. Um, as, uh, as well as Sarah's. So mm-hmm. uh, in, in that regard, they're similar. I yeah. just, that Ripley was probably a little further along than Sarah was yeah. Yeah. to when the movie started. Yeah. I like definitely. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And, <laughs> and the uh the the Terminator and Alien um similarities uh I think we've covered with its yeah. its inhumanness, its unrelenting uh, unrelenting <clears throat> stalking 
and killing. Yeah. And, I think know, that the alien, I, I like, I, I want to say that like the Terminator is a intelligent killing machine, but it really like when you like compare it to the rest of the series, it really isn't. It's just a cyborg given a direct prime directive and it just yeah. will keep going until it's up. I feel like the I alien mean, was yeah. much more instinctual. Right. Like it runs right. on instinct. We don't know what that instinct is or how they develop that instinct, but they have that instinct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's killing for either its own survival mm-hmm. or it's 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 instinct that it has to do more. Yeah. Um I I think by leaving out that deleted scene uh, with with Tom Skerritt's character being yeah. captured, mm-hmm. it puts it more into its oh yeah this thing is a killing machine yeah um, rather than um, okay it it wants these people for something but it seems yeah. to be discriminate in its killings like well it's killing these ones but it's not killing him so him. I but so what does with he that, have that they don't yeah have? so with yeah. that cut really made it more of a streamlined. Um, reasoning with 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 this creature yeah that's Um, the other thing you can't reason with either of these creatures one does not even like one doesn't even understand a language we don't even know if the alien has some sort of communicative language until probably later on in the series we do hear some shrieks and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. um the terminator yeah you can't reason with it you can't like it's it's a robot it just yeah like it understands language it understands Mm-hmm. It probably is programmed to understand thousands of languages, but well, it's an infiltration unit, as Kyle says. Yeah. So it has been programmed to act human, although it yeah. does it fairly badly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, especially in the past, yeah. it might have gotten away with it more in in, in the future. Yeah, but um, in in a so in like social uh, gatherings and all that, nah, yeah. you know, you know, this thing's not right. Yeah. Um, but it has a singular purpose, um, and for what it's programmed within, you figure what that is pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's just yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna. <laughs> I, I have no other words. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we'll wrap it up there. This was a uh, this was a fun talk. Yes. Um, we'll we'll definitely have to do another uh, comparison versus. Uh, yeah in in the future i can think of a, of a few others but um yeah. uh alien and terminator um yeah i i would say both of them have very horror aspects to it mm-hmm. um, whether one is a monster movie and one is a sci-fi killer robot movie they both share similarities to um to horror tropes like halloween and friday the 13th and some of the other older sci-fi horror films of the past mm-hmm. absolutely all right. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right i am david and uh for mallory i'm going to say goodbye and uh we'll see you again soon